the amount of people who are getting their news from TikTok is growing. Whereas the other social platforms, it's either staying pretty much the same or it's shrinking. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. And let's talk about what's new in social this month starting with Instagram. Instagram just rolled out a feature that I am absolutely buzzing about. The close friends feature has come to the main feed, not just stories. You may have noticed some time ago that you got the ability to create a close friends list for your Instagram stories. Now, I loved this feature as an entrepreneur because I sometimes want to post business content to anyone who follows me, but I also sometimes want to post like funny memes or personal updates and don't want it to go out to, you know, 30,000 plus people. So that was huge, but they've actually expanded that feature and they're enabling you to create feed posts and reels for that list of people, that close friends list. So here's what Instagram had to say about it. They said, we know our community already uses close friends as a pressure-free space to connect with the people that matter most. We hope this opens up more ways to be your most authentic self on Instagram while having more choices over who sees your content. So I think this is a great move again, for any entrepreneurs or content creators out there. But I've also seen people use this really strategically for business. So if you have a client that wants to maybe curate a list of VIP customers or core community members, they can use it that way as well and post maybe exclusive bonuses or offers to that close friends list if you want to take a more business savvy approach. But I'm just going to be over there posting, you know, memes and, and being silly. Okay, Instagram is also rolling out new ways to create content, which is exciting. So they kind of overhauled a lot of their creative tools over the past month or so. There's a ton going on here. It looks like some key updates are you can save time editing your videos with new tools like undo and redo. You can make new memes by adding clips with audio to your reels, flex your creativity with new text-to-speech voices and updated fonts and text styles. And you can have fun making your reels and stories stand out by turning part of any photo into a custom sticker. Your actual creative tools when you open up your Instagram story or Instagram reel creator will probably look a little bit different since then. So check it out. There are some new features and uh, I personally am finding it a little bit glitchy. Let me know if you have experienced the same thing. When I go to post a story and try to select the text or like copy the text or cut the text, it is super glitchy, so I don't know if that's a me thing or something that they know about, but hopefully it'll be fixed soon. All right, let's go over to TikTok. Lots going on there. So a report came out recently that is like concerning to some people, kind of shocking to me. Apparently more Americans are getting news on TikTok, bucking the trend seen on most other social media sites. Now, TikTok is not the biggest news platform. However, the reason this report is significant is because the amount of people who are getting their news from TikTok is growing. Whereas the other social platforms, it's either staying pretty much the same or actually shrinking. So this is something to pay attention to. This is really, really interesting. And I don't think it's surprising to hear that it's mostly young people who are getting their news from TikTok. The report says a small but growing share of US adults say they regularly get news on TikTok. Now in just three years, the share of US adults who say they regularly get news from TikTok has more than quadrupled. So in 2020, that number was 3%. 
And in 2023, that number is 14%. So again, it is a smaller number, just about 14% of people are, are saying that they regularly get news there. But I mean, one, 14% is definitely significant. And it's also pretty shocking that it's quadrupled just in a short period of time like that. So let me know what you think about that one. TikTok like any social media platform is not necessarily the most reliable place to get news, but I think TikTok in particular maybe poses a few concerns, uh, but you know, just something, something to keep in mind. Also important if you are working, maybe if you're a social media manager who works with any type of journalists or news platforms or anything like that, TikTok is becoming the place for it. So don't write it off just because you know, you feel like, oh, it's just for kids. People just want to goof off and have fun. This can actually influence your content strategy. And I could say from myself, I'm certainly not doing hard news by any means, but my TikToks that perform the best tend to be these types of videos where I'm sharing updates about an industry and things like that. So something to think about for your strategy. TikTok's also rolled out a creative tool for brands who are looking to leverage the platform to boost holiday sales. I think it's a really fun and fresh take on just your typical social media platform best practices. With that said, I was a little bit disappointed by these, but let me let me back up. So TikTok has created these holiday cards, they're calling them. And of course, it's a lead magnet for them. So you've got to enter in your business information if you want to access them. I did it for you, so you don't have to if you don't want to. And once you get access to them, you can kind of click through a few different categories and get some ideas for content that you could create over this holiday season as a business. According to the website, they say you can actively engage your audience, show off your expertise with a side of fun, and make your small business relevant and relatable with innovative ideas for celebrating the holidays. So I thought that these were interesting little thought starters, but it didn't really go much deeper than that. So if you are somebody who is brand new to TikTok, you're like, I don't even know where to start talking about my business. I don't have a content strategy anywhere else. Maybe they'll be helpful for you. But for, I think probably most people who tune into the show, who are a little bit more established, who maybe are playing around with organic social first, I don't think this is gonna be too revolutionary for you, but I do really applaud the design and the packaging of this resource. I thought it was really creative. So while TikTok's creative cards may not be terribly helpful for me, something that has been extremely helpful for me is a new feature from our partner, Metricool. And I know that a lot of you have been waiting for this as well. Metricool's content approval system is here. If you work with multiple people, you know that content approvals can be a game of back and forth if you don't have an organized workflow. So with an advanced or enterprise plan, you can now invite team members or clients to your Metricool dashboard and assign them different roles and even create your own custom roles if you'd like. Now, when you schedule content, there's an option to send for review where you can assign a member or client to review your content before it's posted. If it's approved, it'll be scheduled and ready to be published. And if it's rejected, the reviewer can leave a note and the post will be sent back to you for editing. This process creates a smooth communication system between your team members and or your clients to make sure that content is approved in a timely manner and ready to be published. There are so many amazing use cases for this feature. One, client approvals, manager approvals if you're working in-house, but also if you're working, let's say, with an intern or a junior social media manager who's drafting content for you, 
this is going to come so in handy. So remember to use code Latasha to get 30 days free on any premium plan. I will leave the link in the show notes. And remember that this approval system is only available for the advanced and enterprise tiers. So be sure to take advantage of my code Latasha link in the show notes. It is not a what's new in social episode without talking about X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. So good news. I can celebrate this. I think a lot of us can. I reported a couple of months ago that X took away a link preview headlines. So now instead of seeing a post headline, you're just seeing the image with a little mark in the corner that says what website you're going to be clicking on. Half the time, I don't even see the website link. And I think it's a photo when I click on it and I ended end up on some weird site has a lot of potential, I think for some misinformation and, and abuse, frankly. So X says that they will bring back article headlines. Yay. Thanks, Elon. He said in an upcoming release, X will overlay titles in the upper portion of the image of a URL card. He noted in a follow-up that the headlines would appear overlaid on the image of an article and not below it. And he finished by saying every pixel matters. So I checked today and I don't think this is rolled out yet, but let me know if you're seeing it on your app and uh, we'll have to see what exactly that looks like when it's released. But I think I'm excited about this. Now, something that's not so great, and I apologize in advance, I'm gonna have to uh, censor some things that I'm gonna say just because uh, YouTube, where I also post the podcast too, doesn't really like a lot of the things. So I'm gonna need you to read between the lines here or just Google this story on your own. X is suing a liberal advocacy group called Media Matters over its report on ads showing up next to hate groups posts. So X is seeing this mass exodus by many brands choosing not to advertise on the platform anymore. And Elon himself has been getting some pushback over posts that he's been liking or posting himself. And looks like Media Matters, this advocacy group that came out with a report, it looks like they showed a bunch of advertisers post alongside hate groups um, posts. Well, X said in their lawsuit that Media Matters manufactured this report in order to drive advertisers from the platform and destroy X Corp. Again, advertisers have been fleeing the site formerly known as Twitter over concerns about their ads showing up next to hateful posts and hate speech on the site in general. X's complaint claims that Media Matters manipulated the algorithms on the platform to create images of advertisers' paid posts next to incendiary content. So what X said is that uh, basically Media Matters followed a bunch of the more fringe people who are on the platform just to almost provoke some of that negativity to pop up next to advertisers posts. And they're kind of saying this is not the general user's experience. Let me know if you work for a brand, if you have a client who advertises on X and if that's going to be changing for 2024. I think a lot of brands are rethinking their strategy on Twitter because of just all of the messiness that's going on. But i um, curious to know what you think. On the flip side, I think we're seeing some growth with Twitter or X competitor threads. Now, one big marker of that kind of comes from 
a place that I don't usually talk about, but it comes from the White House. So the White House has joined threads as well as all of the key players in the White House, like the president of the United States, the vice president, and the White House itself, also a Spanish language White House called La Casa Blanca. The timing comes as X has been under scrutiny because of inflammatory posts by owner Elon Musk. And um, I think that threads was having a little bit of a, a little bit of trouble you know, they had this massive growth, then they kind of plateaued and they, I talked about a trademark potential thing going on last time, but it does seem like this is a step in the right direction for them. As we gear up to get into election season, it is significant that the people who are occupying the White House and will be vying to occupy it again are trusting this platform seemingly more than Twitter. Twitter or X historically has been the place for politics, the place for campaigning. And while they haven't fully left yet, it does seem like they're trying to, you know, build out a platform on threads. It'll be interesting to see if more of that conversation comes to threads because originally Instagram said they didn't really want a lot of politics and news. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Now, something else that they didn't originally want, or at least didn't originally roll out were hashtags. And this is one of my big gripes with threads is like, how do I find what I'm looking for? I don't know if you have been inundated with some of the dear algorithm posts or the women following women posts, but they kind of drive me a little bit nuts. They're a little bit of obnoxious and I wish there was just an easier way to find content that I want to find. Well, Threads is rolling it out or testing it at least. They're testing topic tags for your posts. So Threads has announced that it's launching a new test of topic tags, which will enable you to link your Threads updates to a broader selection of posts on the same subject. So they're not hashtags, but similar to, you know, when you post an Instagram post now, you have these kind of advanced options to choose. Is your post about entrepreneurship or marketing or beauty or whatever the other pre-filled options are? Well, it looks like that's going to be what the what the um, experience is on Threads. So it's better than nothing. At least you'll have kind of categories. I do get a little bit nervous though. Just you know, algorithms. It's like I don't want to be put in a box. My Threads account currently is just for random nothingness. So I am a little nervous that if I, you know, start tagging things, entrepreneurship, it's just going to only serve me entrepreneurship content and not any of the art content or the funny content that I want to see. So I think most people have the ability to niche down a little bit better than I do, but, uh, I like to have fun on social media. Not really that fun. <laughs> Let's talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the professional social network. I do think it's very fun, but you know, very much not memes and jokes, but LinkedIn has introduced some new ad performance updates. So anyone who's advertising on LinkedIn for themselves or clients might be excited to hear this. I don't do a ton of advertising these days. So some of this stuff is very new to me, but they've rolled out a few new features, conversion API, website actions, click to message ads and document ads. So I guess the conversion API or CAPI is as they're calling it, enables you to connect both your online and offline data to LinkedIn, allowing you to see how your campaigns influenced actions taken on your website, sales completed over the phone or leads collected in person at an event. That's pretty cool because I hear from people all the time, hey, how do I track, you know, in-person conversions can be hard to do, especially with some of the restrictions on third-party data and things like that. Website actions allows you to save time and boost performance by seamlessly capturing actions based on call to actions. 
page visits and data and retargeting campaigns using document ads have seen click-through rates approximately two times higher compared to retargeting campaigns using lead gen forms. So if you're advertising on LinkedIn, check those things out. They have also expanded their ID verification system to more regions. So previously they enabled this ID verification to users in the US through the platform Clear, which you may know if you've been to an airport in the past, you know, I don't know, five years or, or however long. So you can, I think, take a picture or maybe put in your driver's license number. I'm not exactly sure how it works. I should probably do this. I haven't done it yet. Uh, but you can verify your, your ID or your passport and have a little verification badge on your LinkedIn profile that basically says, hi, this is a real human not a scammer. We know that LinkedIn unfortunately can be prone to some scams because they know people are looking for jobs on that platform and, you know, can attract some, some bad actors, if you will. They also said that given the latest advances in generative AI and LinkedIn's rising push to add generative AI tools into every aspect of its platform, it does seem like this could be an essential step as more bot profiles and personas get added to social apps, which is a really good point. We've talked about this in this series before about social media influencers getting uh, botted, I guess, if you want to call it that. And so I think verification on social media platforms is going to be more and more important to combat that. I know not everybody is comfortable uploading their ID to a social platform. I get how this could also be a little bit, you know, concerning, but for LinkedIn, especially since we're talking about careers and jobs and things that are very important, I think, I think this is I think this is important. Let's talk about a little bit of creator news. So content creators have surged past legacy media as news hits a tipping point. I found this story to be really interesting. So well-known news outlets have seen a decline in the amount of traffic flowing to them from social media sites. And some of the money that advertisers previously might've spent with them is now flowing to creators. Basically, this article is saying that the majority of people nowadays are wanting content that is relatable. They want to have this more casual, relatable way of uh, you know, taking in the news. And we see that from the TikTok story, right? People want to get their news from TikTok for better or for worse. I might not think that's the best place to get it, but there's a reason people are seeking it out. And with younger generations coming to be needing to make decisions about who they're going to vote for next year and, you know, all of these different social issues that are going on, it just makes sense that people are going to be seeking that information and those opinions out from people that they can relate to over these legacy news platforms. The article says the trend is likely to continue. There are no reasonable grounds for expecting that those born in the 2000s will suddenly come to prefer old fashioned websites, let alone broadcast and print simply because they grow older. This topic is a little challenging for me because I do watch a lot of like political and newsy content on YouTube, but I wouldn't say that I get my news from YouTube. I more watch like commentary. You know, I like to see what people are thinking about things that are going on. And I like that kind of relatable content, but I wouldn't say that I'm like getting facts from YouTube. If I hear something on YouTube, that's surprising to me. I'm going to Google it and try to find a news, a news source or some verifiable information. But I do think that there is a lot of power in this kind of like citizen journalism. And I also, I got to hope that 
Maybe it can bring us together a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it will, but I think that some of the legacy news platforms can be really divisive. And I actually, on YouTube in particular, like I watched all different types of channels from everywhere on the political spectrum, because I actually think it's interesting to see what people think who disagree with me. I think it's helpful. It strengthens my argument and also helps me see the other side. So that's my like bit of optimism on that story. And we'll end, I'm sorry, but we'll end on a little bit of pessimism. This story isn't like very, very uplifting. So there's an agency that created an AI model who earns up to $11,000 a month because the agency was quote, tired of influencers who have egos. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they said, we started analyzing how we were working and realized that many projects were being put on hold or canceled due to problems beyond our control. Often it was the fault of the influencer model and not due to design issues. Uh, this AI model, I'm not even going to name her because I don't want to give her more followers, to be honest. She can make just over a thousand euros per advert and earns anywhere from 3000 euros to 10,000 euros a month. There's a platform called FanView where I guess she's making a lot of this money. They said that they believe AI generated characters will thrive and soon be as widespread as human creators. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> Let me know what you think. Would you willingly watch an AI creator if you knew that I was not a real human, if I was just completely AI? Do you think you would still tune in? I'm really curious to know. I think there is some gray area when maybe there's things that you didn't know were AI, but when there is that active disclosure, I'm really curious to know what you would think. I know my answer is probably no. You know, I want to watch somebody who I can relate to and who I can talk back and forth to and get real interaction with, but I'm sure there's somebody out there who, who doesn't care. So let me know what you think in the comments. I always love reading your comments on these episodes are really interesting. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in. That's all I've got this month. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't yet. I also am building out an email list. So if you just want this content, if you just want the news and what's going on in the world of marketing, social media, influencer marketing, content creation, all that stuff, uh, go ahead. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. If you just want to be on that list and don't want to get all my other emails or, you know, any of the other content that I produce, just trying that out to see how it goes. And, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate you. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.